Okay, we're recording. Haven't done one of these for ages. Joined by uh, Seedon Baker, the one of the co-founders of iLab, now sole runner. I guess after what a couple of years ago, you bought out the um, you have a fella. What was that? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Jimmy. Um, yeah, 2019, April 1st. Um, bought out my co-founder, and yeah, we're flying solo US. ever since. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. Wild three years uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago. Yeah, much. I might just need you to probably sit a bit closer. Yeah, but we should be able to hear you there. Uh, yeah, three what three years? To now. Uh, what's yeah? What's the day? Yeah, three years on the first. A couple of days ago. Yeah. So it's good to be back. Back in business, and it's all been going like pretty fast. Uphill directory, I think, since we first touched down a few years ago, and yeah, you must huge, be pretty happy with how it's going. Huge amount of changes. Um, I, I guess, having some time away from from the brand for a couple of years uh, really gave me an outsider's perspective looking back in, and then uh, to to be able to get the opportunity to come back and I guess um, to some degree do it all again. Yeah. Uh, because when did you start it? Was it about was it about thirteen years ago now? Ah, but of well over fourteen, yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah. So yeah, it was like um, June twenty eighth, two thousand seven, is when it all kicked off, and then uh, it's been a wild ride ever since. And it, uh, and then how did you start? Because you're in the motocross background. Yeah, so uh, I was pretty much racing there full time for a few years, and uh, my co-founder Maddie uh, was. Uh, a really good racer as well, but he'd gone off to university to study um, architecture. So came out of um, came out of uni, and we, yeah, we we uh, both shared a passion for um, I guess kind of branding and making things look cool and detailing, and uh, I was always personalizing things with my graphics and you know just anywhere we could make something look special we would yeah um and yeah we we got together and started talking about this idea of actually um creating well we sort of basically created a, a mini race team which was called the ilab syndicate way back oh, in sick. 2006 seven. um and the riders wore neon pink helmets and black gear and kind of the premise behind that was uh, an upside down exclamation mark so kind of making a statement oh yeah um but uh, ironically, the logo wasn't actually upside down at yeah. the very beginning, and yeah, we we were making um, we basically figured that the the whole sport and scene in action sports was a little bit bland back then, and so we thought, well, why not bring like a crazy neon helmet and some weird color and and um, I suppose create an, an uh, unintentionally create an identity, yeah, you know, and and that was how it all. So it was going down like the clothing branding root the idea from the get-go is it um just kind of materialized from there both so yeah we we had a, uh, uh some decals so we were decaling motocross bikes and and actually we had like snowboard decals and skate and all kinds of crazy stuff and then um also uh, yeah a little apparel line and basically because we thought well t-shirt had a blank canvas that you could express yourself with art and crazy prints and stuff as well yeah. so um and i guess the the moto decal stuff got a got a little more traction earlier on and then it, it took a, a couple of years for the apparel to to kind of gain momentum and then um yeah, yeah it, it really started taking off i guess in the third and fourth year yeah because you definitely see quite a lot of it these like around new zealand and i think originally it was that kind of bogan 
motocross uh, rider would be the person that you'd see wearing it, and it's kind of gone like like lifestyle, actually quite a high like Auckland, you know, like streetwear brand, and now we're touching on the mountain bike stuff. I think that's fair to say. And then, yeah, I think uh, obviously the early adopters were heavy into motorsport and action sport because that was where the brand was like mm. deeply rooted. Um, and so I remember you know being at a race a few years in and like every second bike that rode by had iLab on it and every second person that walked by was wearing it and I was like holy shit that's a pretty good feeling yeah it was pretty crazy Um, and I kind of knew then that we were getting some traction and momentum because we were just head down working just crazy hours I think I think um, you know an average week for sure in those first couple years was well over 100 hours and the record weeks were like 127 130 hour weeks you know and it was just we didn't really have time to even look at what numbers and how anything was working. We're just making stuff yeah. as fast as we could. Did you go to like any like business, like college or anything? Or was this just all stuff off your own? Yeah, uh, and well, sorry, no, um, didn't. Uh, I I left school at sixteen to go racing, pursue racing career um, through to twenty. I think I just had my twenty first birthday, or maybe just after we started. But yeah, right around twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, I was really lucky though. I grew up. Um, my parents had. I grew up in Picton, top of the South Island, and my parents um, had um, uh, diving and um, underwater commercial diving businesses. And yeah. they kind of just uh, would always show me, you know, the books or like how things would work. And and I was exposed to that pretty young. But but to be honest, when I got going with Firelab, I barely even knew what a GST number was or like how <laughs> yeah. that worked. Um, and my mum actually worked for the first year for free for me as my bookkeeper and taught me all the basics, <laughs> accountant. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a crash course really in those first couple of years for, for the both of us. We, we just, yeah, learned, um, learned everything the hard way and, and yeah, firsthand. Were you still racing motorbikes when you were doing this or was this like kind of a transition out there? Uh, well, I, yeah, I had another, um, deal to ride for, um, uh, the following year, but decided uh, I wouldn't take a deal and just um, ha- I did hit still have a dirt bike, um, and we were straight into the first year, and I'd got a bank loan um, to help get you know part of things rolling, and uh, I think the Southland Champs was on um, up in Marlborough, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go race this race, and my yeah. dad's like, do not race that race, you've got a <laughs> bank loan, um, you know you've got a business now, all these things, and I was like, nah, it'll be fine. And uh, yeah, Murphy saw crash huge in the first lap of practice um, with someone else, another top rider. I landed on him over like a massive big jump and yeah. um, fractured two vertebrae in my back and just getting my shoulder and yeah, broke some fingers and a few other things. And I think my father didn't speak to me for like a whole month. He was yeah. so angry. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't rub it in your face too. It would have been almost worse. Yeah, I yeah, told you so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I. I basically had to get up. Uh, I got out of hospital and yeah, went straight back pretty much to work. <laughs> yeah. I just like didn't have a choice and um, yeah, had just worked through it basically. Um, but yeah, pretty. I, I thought I could still race and ride and yeah, that went out the window real fast. Mm. It was just full time. And then we got back on the motos yesterday for that Dipton trail ride, which was sick. But you, that was the first time you'd rode a moto for... Oh, yeah, long like... time. It was, it was so fun. I mean, um, really really brought back the love actually of, of riding uh, moto as it is another type of kind of adrenaline, you know, sport. Mm. But, um, 
yeah, um, thank you to yourself and uh, Luce and a bunch of the other crew for getting me back on a bike. Back it was, to the it was epic. And, uh, and Henry, obviously, um, Henry Van Ash, uh, he, you know, such a kind guy as well, uh, getting, me, getting me a bike. and getting Yeah, me that's sick. It was a 350, because you'd had, I guess you would have, you were on uh, four strokes and you were racing. Yep. And then, but they're not the electric start 350. It must have felt like a pretty much like factory bike compared to oh, even what you used to ride yeah yeah straight out of the box it was incredible it was just like you know super it felt like a full works 250 like yeah. crazy fast it's nice and sick. light super amazing brakes beautiful power like bare you unique know, fuel. decals yeah yeah Epic thanks canal. to ron and uh the team getting us all looking good but um yeah it was it was just like so cool to um ride with a crew i think um racing towards the end probably got a a bit too competitive and you kind of lose the passion and the fun of it yeah. a little bit and uh just to ride with buddies and explore back country basically yeah was because how like you must have like the burnout from the racing must have been pretty hardcore yeah yeah i had a really uh shitty uh last season in australia and blew up a ton of motors and yeah it was just like a one of those like everything went the wrong way yeah um and so i was getting a little bit over racing as well and and that was um it was just yeah good timing really that the whole concept of iLab came about because whilst i thought i could still do both i guess it wasn't the end of the world for me although um i remember my dad saying to me hey look you're you know you're 20 now and i don't want you sort of chasing something for another 10 years and wake up one day at 30 and not have like got stuck into something yeah and um yeah and and it was probably the best thing i could have done because i was able to transfer a lot of that kind of energy into something new something <clears throat> fresh and so i was gonna say because we've like I think competing at the high level with the motorbikes and all that pressure, bringing that into that same regiment into the brand and stuff. Do you think that's helped with, I don't know, just being like handle that sort of pressure? Like you see people getting stressed about like relatively minor things sometimes, but when you come from a high stress racing background, I think those small things don't worry you and you actually do concentrate on the hard stuff. Do you think that's helped you in what you've done or does it feel totally different no no uh absolutely like so many similarities um and i think i think maybe different if you were um starting business that was not necessarily didn't necessarily have as enormous ambitions yeah um whereas for sure ilab from day dot has been um a a global championship type you know thing so it's relevant to chasing as big a goal as you could racing and um yeah huge amount of crossovers i think probably the biggest one would just be resilience and like work ethic you know like yeah i trained always hard for moto and in work it was the same thing it was like you work hard and you work as hard as you can yeah and we actually had this theory maddie and i in the early years of like if we just work like insanely insanely hard surely we can't fail and i remember at the second year being like holy shit we actually could fail you know and we <laughs> yeah. were still working that hard <laughs> because uh you know they say i think statistically and i could be wrong these days but it was like back then it was like 94 percent of businesses in new zealand fail in the first two years mm. and there's like tens of thousands of businesses every year start and yeah. they don't even make it through that second year what what do you think it was like the biggest hurdle for you to get over to get through that year to keep going to where you are now um i think the well it was honestly just resilience because yeah. they said look it's 
um, if you can just get, you know, just get through. And I remember vividly, um, we actually paid the $100 fee and got a business mentor, which was really cool because it's a government subsidized program. So I didn't yeah. pay an admin fee and you get to sign someone. Mm. And we got this awesome guy, Lloyd, who was really amazing. And he would come in and be like, why isn't that printer going? And why is this? And, you know, he'd just give us basic advice of like, we've got to get a sales, you know, a forecast and, 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 we ended up, it got so gnarly in the second year, uh, we were only paying ourselves minimum wage. We had one employee, I think minimum wage was like $10.70 or 11 bucks back then. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were working like 100 plus hour weeks and got paid for 40, so we were just kind of screamed by it. And it was so gnarly, we had to drop down to four days a week. So I think it was like 32 hours a week at $11 or something. Yeah. And we're still, you know, working the 100 hours. And uh, we just, yeah, just scraped through really. And it was like one of those... Um, you know, it was like, we almost got to the end of the road and then, you know, the phone rings and we got a 20 grand order, you know, and it was yeah. like a dream come true, you know? So I was going to say like, when, when you're doing that, why don't, again, what, what makes you, what was the driving force behind you to keep going? Did you have the vision of where you could get it to like real clear? Because I think again, a lot of people, when you're working for minimum wage, when you're doing that many hours, minimum wage for you know essentially bugger all like this to drive you through that's pretty hardcore but you must have a pretty clear motive to where you want to get to and you could see it yeah fruition. totally i mean um it's always i mean it's always been about um for me trying to get on the global landscape and so we knew we knew we could be successful in new zealand if we tried hard enough you know and so um a lot of people have asked me you know did you ever think it could get to this? And and I did because I believed that we could get to this scale in New Zealand. I yeah. didn't really know what it would look like, but I knew we needed to do something incredible in New Zealand and then get Kiwis behind us to take on the world. So um, that part of the chapter's yeah been been a belief of mine from day dot. But um, but I think yeah it's probably been a combination of that. And then the other half is that we just physically didn't you know we just were like we'll just do whatever it takes yeah <laughs> like i'd rather die trying you know yeah so um yeah that that's probably what helped carry it through is just like that sheer just like we can't fail and we have to just do it no yeah. matter what that's good i think there's actually a lot of people that don't realize that i love's a new zealand brand still no I well feel like that might be changing now but i feel yeah. like there's a lot of people think it's american interesting story i'll tell that uh, as quick as i can but we it was back before uh online was as crazy as it was and um we thought well geez if we're going to go global we should start acting like a global brand early and so we told this really conceptual story that iLab actually came from another planet and it yeah. was sort of like <laughs> decentralized iLab's um uh heritage and not because we weren't proud kiwis we just thought we need to act like we're way bigger than we are. Yeah. And um, yeah, sure enough, uh, we did that for the first 10 years and well, 10 plus years. And, and we almost, I suppose, like tricked many Kiwis into thinking we're like this big American brand yeah. that actually was just from New Zealand. And uh, when I returned back to iLab in 2007, uh, 19, sorry, um, that was pretty much the first thing I did was like, uh, took away a lot of the old original conceptual story and just told the real story that you know we're from New Zealand we've supported tons of Kiwis to do amazing things and we're built by Kiwis because Kiwis you know supported us to get us to here yeah and uh yeah been on a much clearer mission to to tell that story I guess the yeah right way. I think well um because when you went away you were in America for a lot of that working for 
what were you doing over there again? Uh, yeah, so I basically um, took some time away from business because we, uh, Maddie, my co-founder, and I just we wanted a different risk profiles. Really, I really was ready to go offshore, and and he was um, pretty pretty tired and didn't didn't want to take the risks, and which was fair enough. You know, we both put our heart and soul into it for t- the first ten years. Um, and so I headed up to the States and for the first year I worked in Texas for a Kiwi company called Parking Sense, totally different industry altogether, but I wanted to work for a Kiwi business that was going global and, um, they were raised some money and they were doing some cool stuff. So that was really insightful to see, I suppose, how scale and things were happening in America. Yeah. And then the second year I was in, uh, Los Angeles and worked for, um, or, or help set up a business called Race Service, which is a motorsport media agency, which was, again, super insightful. Just everything from getting a visa to setting up a bank account to social security yeah. number to business to trading, tax, everything. So, um, And the whole premise behind a lot of that was to under, understand scale, international business market, and then, um, yeah, got the opportunity to come back to, to iLab. and. Yeah was so stoked uh obviously to return and and then yeah almost virtually hit the reset button did you know you when you went to america that the plan was to come back to our lab or did the love come to come back when you could see it from the outside looking in and you were like i've put too much into this to let it go or yeah it was mixed emotions because i convinced myself it was a good idea to leave obviously and um and then i was lost for a while for sure if i'm not gonna deny that that i was just like woke up some days in texas just going what have i done you know like i've just walked away from my whole life or the last decade of blood sweat and tears and i guess i was keeping an eye on i because i was still half owner through those two years um but yeah, I came back to New Zealand uh, one or two t- or a few times in between that, and I remember actually flying to Queenstown, and there was people in the at the airport wearing iLab. There's people in the plane sitting ne- near me in iLab, and you know people everywhere. And I was like, man, this is just so much left to give here that like we could we could take this thing global. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, the the passion started coming back, and then yeah, as I spent a bit of time, I was like let's let's do this you know so yeah it's just such a cool feeling to be back um and and re-energized almost i suppose the two years off gave me gave me a break as well yeah but america is good eh? you got to work with a few like high profile motocross guys like do you say you know um Anderson quite well. We had a pretty good party after the Supercross North <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I um, actually set up a bit of another project there um, doing merchandise um, initially for Axel Hodges uh, with Slayco, which was pretty oh, cool. Oh, right. You set that with him. Yeah. Well, he, he obviously had Slayco going, but yeah. we did all the initial merch. It was all Slayco. Oh, sick. Um, done by myself. And then uh, I was doing all Bam Bam and Basha's merch, which yeah. was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Justin Brayton bunch of cool athletes which was pretty cool and then um was actually doing a bit of stuff with mad mike as well um who was previously with ilab yeah uh, matt jones we did some stuff so yeah it was it was a wild um kind of couple of years just trying some different stuff and um and then yeah to be able to come back was was even even cooler yeah and now um we've re- the focus on the mountain bike line but ilab's kind of like the the main thing these days um combination of things so one of the basically when i came back into ilab um we i had always sort of believed to go offshore we needed to um, be a little bit more refined and a little bit more focused and i think 
in that first 10 years, we kind of expanded into a lot of sports and, and I suppose in some ways diluted ourselves into too many things. Yeah. And so, and I was becoming more and more obsessed with mountain biking as well because um, uh, Couscous or Fabian, uh, who runs Team UR, had like got me hooked on it. Yeah. I think it was part of a strategy just to get sponsors hooked on it and then they just want to be a part of it. Yeah. But it worked. Um, and... <laughs> I, I guess I also saw the rise of e-bike and, and kind of just like families getting involved and commuter and commute trails and gra- it was just like this whole cool um, scene that was, you know, exploding and obviously, um, you know, I got to meet people like yourself and a number of other people who were super passionate about sport and I kind of was like, well, we need to make performance gear for this sport because mm. um, iLab had always been about experiences and and we didn't actually make a lot of experience-driven gear. So it was just like, as, as you mentioned, primarily street and casual wear. So, um, yeah, set about basically I, I got to work with some um, amazing new designers and, and they're in the team um, today in building like just incredible experience-driven gear. And a lot of that is led by high-performance mountain bike. Yeah. Um, but we actually have been in the background building a huge amount of other products, whether it be um, merino or wood fiber, like layering, um, layering systems for different types of experiences. A lot of it led by ride, gravel, you know, endurance versus trail versus hardcore downhill yeah um and then we have a lot of really cool like street city commuter performance gear as well so like super nice shells raincoats different things to get you from a to b and and kind of but also a lot of ventilation tech yeah so yeah and then virtually um well i'll speak about it here really quick but we're pretty much relaunching the brand um this year in its new position as uh um i guess loosely defined um is the word athleisure which is kind of where lululemon <laughs> yeah. brands sit but our take on that is ride leisure because essentially we're led by you know the idea of ride um, yeah but we're also building a lot of really nice nice technical product to to kind of get you on and off the trail um basically yeah. you know like a tech denim short that you can ride on but working yeah yeah well the lb uh, lwb trouser is like the big big one i for the the casual wear, like ride wear crossover. And yep. you see like a lot of people riding in jeans, but they're, they're just like normal standard jeans. Whereas Alab's got the L, I always get it wrong. I was yeah, LWB, yep. yeah. Um, no, totally. And that's like a marquee product because it's essentially one that I suppose in a lot of ways defines uh, iLab's positioning is that, yeah, it's it's got a nice street look and you know, you can work in a nice clean black jean and look good, but you can go rip, you know when you're out after work and yeah. it works you know and it's that jean's got a water repellent coating it's four-way stretch it's it's kind of antibacterial it's got reflective tabs on it to run mm. home at night you know like it's kind of got a whole function i think that's like another one of the things that stands all apart is how you've come from more the like the fashion like streetwear stuff and then integrated into the technical wear whereas like things like you got fox and all those that do quite a lot of casual wear, but they've they started on the race program and gone the other way. And I think it's quite cool that like it's such a big range of stuff with Alab. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. I think that's set it apart kind of differently from other brands that are necessarily in that space, like Troy Lee. If you see like a Troy Lee casual wear thing, it's almost like I don't know when that it doesn't look like a bit of I don't know. It's just like a Troy Lee printed shirt. Yeah, no, it's uh, totally. Um, and I think that's been a really really cool project because obviously we've been rooted in a lot of action sport but we yeah didn't necessarily make the product for it mm. and 
so I've been lucky enough to ride in a lot of other gear or have grown up riding for brands like Thor and other kind of moto brands and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so I kind of know what would be awesome to build. And then it's been, yeah, so much fun building it all. Yeah. And then obviously working with a lot of cool athletes to refine it and make it better. So um, yeah, and that, that's where we like to have a balance because it's not always about the ride. It's about, you know, going out after or hanging out or the rest of your wardrobe yeah. you know, kind of thing. Speaking of, you just signed Bass, which is, would you say he'd probably be the highest profile mountain bike athlete now in lab? Yep. So you've yep, got like, sure. and how, how did that come about? Because obviously he's, yeah, tell me how did that come about? Um, yeah, well, uh, it was all super awesome that um, Crankworks um, pushed on to make New Zealand stop work in a really challenging climate and uh, obviously it was super cool that a lot of uh, international athletes still got on a plane and did two weeks quarantine and like come here mm. to compete and um, I had I, I knew of Bass for sure obviously of the icon that he is but um, yeah it was really cool we jumped on board and helped out um, both in Rotorua and, um, and Summer Series and Bass obviously came down for it and we kind of met and um, I think I kind of got to spend a bit of time with him. Uh, AJ Hackett put on a bungee day for everyone yeah. and we got chatting there and then he came out to the iLodge party uh, and then we kind of just, yeah, started, started having little chats about things and I said, um, hey, I'm coming up to uh, Canada in um, kind of April, May to be based for a while and he was mm. like, oh, cool, let's link up and, and then, um, yeah, we got chatting about the idea of where he was headed next and and he mentioned that um you know he would be keen to keen to talk he'd, he'd seen the progression that iLab was making here and and he was excited i think to learn that we were going global you know as well yeah and uh yeah rest is history really we inked a deal and um yeah we're just wrapped to to get to work together like he's got so much you know well he's insanely talented but he's also got a lot of experience you know in in wearing gear for years yeah and what he would want is the, the ultimate kit yeah um, yeah, so super excited to get to work with him, and then we're announcing two slope style riders this month. Oh, sick! Be cool. Where uh, we have say nationalities or no? Uh, yep, one Canadian and one French. Ooh, so uh, that'll be super rad. And then um, obviously have an incredible um, team of ladies as well on the team as well, which is super rad. Um, so they're just gonna crush the world, I think, this year yeah. as well. I'll uh, I'll touch on the ladies in a sec, but the uh, Canada, so like with Bass as well, going back to that. So you're off to Canada, what, two weeks? Uh, yeah, a few weeks, not not far away now. Um, so, yeah, um, basically we'll be setting up office um, and, and hopefully working towards retail up there as soon as we can. Yeah, um, and that's ILAB North. Yep, ILAB North, so North, North American kind of base will be up in BC. Um, and then, yeah, we'll work our way, I guess, down into the States from there, but we really want to focus on BC for the next next year. Yeah, cool. So, like, Whistler areas, you've got Yeah, Whistler, there. Squamish area. Um, and then also spend some time in Vancouver, too, because obviously there's tons of people in, you know, in BC area that are into adventure, you know, yeah. not just, just mountain bike, but commute and also, obviously, snow and all kinds of cool stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try and spend some time in the city as well, just understand the customer, what yeah. they're up to. Yeah, nice. You you are like pretty hands on with the whole brand as well. Like you're very front line always there. Like yeah, like you're on the front line, and then obviously you deal with everything else. How do you find like do you find that pretty hard to to do you find a bit of a juggling act or? Is... 
Uh, for sure. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I'm super passionate about um, helping athletes and riders and things, and yeah. um, having been one myself and knowing how hard it is to get sponsors and all that kind of stuff. And um, I guess that's probably one of my most passionate parts of the business. It's just yeah. like yeah, working on that part. But it does, yeah, it does take a lot of time, particularly when you got a lot of um, riders in different time zones, and you know, yeah, it's just like hectic. Um, but I've got an amazing team around me who help uh and then also um yeah i guess it's a bit of a juggling act also back into the rest of the business because i having not have a co-founder anymore i I also um wear the creative director hat so i spend a lot of time with the designers yeah um and i suppose uh have also been test pilot and kind of r&d and all the products as well so you quite often mcnally laugh with a new like product every week (laughs) yeah 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 it's always always testing and always trying to improve um and i guess the the more performance based the product gets the more the more r&d the more technical it gets so that's a big job uh in itself um just yeah giving feedback and making change because a big thing with iLab is the experience you like touched on earlier and again with the IAJ Hackett stuff that was all a bit like co collab iLab um heli bike adventure have you got any big um collab stuff planned for Canada yet that you can say have you got like any yeah anything? um yeah I can give a few hints as to uh what's in the pipeline but uh obviously huge fan of um crankworks and their their uh I guess I suppose the ethos of, um, you know, just kind of making those events so, so like wide, you know, widespread and family orientated, you know, like you can go and ride with riders and be on the trails and go watch events and, you know, just, it's just such a cool experience. And, um, we've been lucky enough to work with the New Zealand crew. Um, and, uh, then, yeah, got to meet the Canadian team as well, the global team. And, um, yeah, there's been some really exciting stuff in the pipeline there. Yeah, how many people you have you got over in Canada? Because you got the uh, like a, a little fleet of ambassadors as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So got a good crew of ambassadors. Um, got a super rad couple of iLab full time members up in North America. So um, Nate is a marketing uh, head of marketing dude up there, and then Holly is um, amazing as well. She's Kiwi um, or Kiwi, I think they call them Kiwi. half half Canadian <laughs> now being based there for six or seven years but um yeah so she's she's on the ground too as um kind of looking after all yeah activations culture all that stuff so yeah, yeah a couple of full-time members so far and then um yeah we have a epic warehousing team up there and stock and and market now and um yeah all, all things are yeah ready to go so. ready to go for canada yeah hit the ground running when you get there yep and then the um and then from canada i guess the next thing is where do you go from from canada what's the plans uh so yeah we'll we'll uh get over to uh austria is the plan for crankworks oh yeah there, uh-huh. um at innsbruck which will be super cool and uh then we've got uh some awesome you know crew in, in france as well having worked with couscous and team you are for a while yeah um and and yeah just some some rad members over there and obviously some our, whiskey dens yeah yeah uh we've got our got our um slope rider is, is french based as well which will be rad to kind of kick things off of him so yeah, yeah definitely a, an exciting focus for europe uh leading into 23 yeah and for me personally as well i i'm excited to spend i suppose to split my uh split my year to some degree into thirds with a third out here in new yeah. zealand a, a third in canada and a third in europe is the plan so, yeah okay yeah. a lot of the um how do you feel the like the Allied party 
um, reputation is? Because uh, I guess it's getting pretty big. Are you? Is this something that you want to try and mellow out, <laughs> or like? Yeah. Or I is mean, it just natural? Just it just seems to kind of happen. I guess it's quite natural. Yeah, I, it is really, and <laughs> I guess um, uh, the early early days um, of iLab, we had a lot of parties actually, and uh, we would regularly meet people years later saying, oh, "Yeah, I went to this crazy party in this warehouse and." I think it was these iLab guys and they had a mini ramp in there and a skateboard yeah. flying and there was <laughs> dirt bikes and people racing. You know, it was just like, uh, and I suppose we just saw them as celebration opportunities, you know, and yeah. that's a big thing in this day and age is that I guess people, you get so busy that you sometimes forget to stop and like enjoy the moment. Yeah. And, um, and it's been fun um to to be back at the brand and i suppose bring people together and then celebrate that and um yeah and that happens to often be in, a, in some sort of form of but yeah it's quite natural when we we're at because we hadn't really met i don't think when i was at the last supercross but we were um <clears throat> i was hanging out with a couple of guys um who were just talking about this i love party it was like a bit like we're at this because the, the after this after party for the supercross at Auckland is like pretty open invitation so yeah. we turned up there, but everyone was like, nobody really cared about the like the official Supercross happy party. And there was like this little buzz about like the I love. What if you don't mind this uh, getting out? But anyway, so we ended up going there and there's just like, yeah, there's scooters flying around inside. And then there's like the secret little whiskey den around the back. And yeah. It was just like, yeah, just real. Yeah, awesome. It was just like where the riders actually really wanted to be, which was like low key, but I guess it was never planned to be like that no i mean uh definitely a lot of the parties sort of end up uh yeah end up on taking their own (laughs) their own path into the night um but yeah it's just a again like that was a classic example right of of a few people coming and a few other buddies and a few more and then someone you're a writer and um ben townley who's an amazing you know kiwi kiwi motocross mm-hmm. racer as well sort of like yeah we should come and i know that he, he's always been a huge supporter of um, of us as well and um yeah one thing leads to another and people get together and have a good time and i think that's just like yeah turns into such an epic yeah. <laughs> epic time so um yeah i mean i've uh i can't wait to do that in other parts of the world as well you yeah know, like bring people together and celebrate it sure. yeah it's done pretty good and with the i lodge here as well we had like the good big uh crankworks party as well yeah well that awesome. that that's just another um i mean just that that's like dream result really because i'll yeah I'll touch on that super quick but obviously um you know was out uh spending a bit of time riding with um rod jury who's who's um uh we're, we're about to publicly announce it uh, rod's uh, major backer and supporter of ILA, which is super yeah. awesome and he's obviously just got behind so many cool things and um yeah we we just we're chatting and i said hey look, it would be so cool to do uh, you know an ILA house you know yeah. and, and he said well, why don't we call it the ILodge?" you know and and um well there was sort of a bit of a gap we wrote again and then he said look i'm, I'm keen to help you know help yeah. you guys figure this out and um so yeah we found found the old uh the old major moose lodge moves. which is up yep. to sale and, <laughs> and uh managed to make all that deal stick and then um turn it into the ILodge, which is you know in, in essence the the ILab house and um yeah, and then now we've got just like this, yeah, epic facility Fuck to yeah. kind of um, mm. not just have parties, but obviously kind of again just bring people together, um, which yeah is is just really getting started. Like, yeah, well, like you said, it's more about it's that experience, and the plan is for people to be able to not just athletes, but everyone to be able to enjoy that house moving forward. 
for sure and that was that was what the goal was is um just to to and i think that's probably why the parties have always been epic is that they've never really been like it's a not like a small forced. group of people that you weren't allowed to come you yeah know? like obviously you sometimes you got to have kind of rsvps and limits to some degree but at the same time we've tried to just always be as inclusive as we can just yeah. get, get as many people in and that's quite often people who don't know any of us they just come and have an awesome time and yeah go, wow how cool was that because you had the the female ride this weekend which is again like quite different to some others that have happened like with uh, the red bull formation stuff that's all kind of like invite and obviously it's a bigger rider um like it's a freaking pretty much mini rampage and stuff but it's very um exclusive whereas like we you've had the females ride camp this weekend that's just brought girls from all around new zealand down yeah so, uh, like how do you think it's gone like yeah same premise i mean uh we actually got all of our girl riders together and said what would you what would be the ultimate you know kind of all-time weekend um you know for you girls and they were like just you know an easy flow format real fun dipping in and out if you want to do it all cool if you don't like, yeah and obviously um megazafest is a really amazing you know kind of style you know yeah. set up and and such a it's it's just a you know such an incredible celebration type yeah. week or weekend so premise for this was the same it was, it was just like more of a celebration of of girls riding and the progression of the sport and yeah. getting together so yeah i think it's killer killer so far and um obviously dirt down queens had their amazing enduro which is going from like strength to strength so it was so cool to work with them in and around it because it's just like a super popular weekend yeah um for girls getting out on the trail so yeah it's super awesome and and looking forward to more more of that happening really it's it's, it's killer and then i lodge was kind of the base for for a lot of the crew so yeah had heaps of girls from around the country stay there which was cool yeah and what's next have we got any more like events planned or things that you'd like to see happen for Isla, what do you think the next um, steps forwards are? Yeah, crazy year ahead with new markets. Obviously, the Canadian uh, nor or Northern Hemisphere summer is going to be super busy. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably be, I suppose, a little wee bit quieter on the side of the world uh, in New Zealand going into winter. But we have a lot of other fun activities and projects like Snowmoto with um, yeah Hamish and yeah. Um, the crew up, up there. So there's always cool adventure and stuff happening yeah. um but for us it's yeah probably the the biggest chapter of i labor ever uh this is this is truly the first year that we are taking the brand to the rest of the world yeah. um and it's just yeah it's been 14 years in the making i guess so it's um we've, we've had little stints abroad with pop-up shops and things but they've always really been like a test whereas this is like all yeah. or nothing kind of thing so i think it's going to be uh from when we had a, a catch up a couple of years ago from when you were moving more into the mountain bike side of like technical wear to where we are now a lot of the things you've said well, they've happened you know that should pretty cool and you must be pretty stoked to feel like your objectives are getting ticked off the list yeah oh, so much and honestly in that first year back that was pretty hard because we didn't have the products that i knew we could make and we didn't have the time under about the r&d and yeah there was times where i was like oh shit is this all gonna work and this big there's a lot of changes and some people were like don't break what's not broken and you guys are crazy changing all this stuff and um but i pushed on with it and then yeah obviously COVID hit in 2020 was, yeah, was a pretty hard year um yeah but we came out 
swinging and and as gear started hitting the market and yeah um i guess the initiatives that we were we were doing just started coming together then i really started going you know what like this 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 is on the right path is what i believed in yeah and ever since then um we've just been going from strength to strength every month there's just um, more people you know joining the brand uh more more amazing kind of stories of people just discover rediscovering i almost. Yeah. and um to the earlier point you made i think we just uh, ha- we touch such a broader customer now you know like we, yeah we don't just um you know kind of sell to the traditional yeah original motorsport kind of type customer yeah um, and there is just such a broad range of product that is yeah street or, or ride leisure or yeah tech super tech um, yeah, and even branding wise, we, we minimize a lot of the branding on certain things. So there's a mix if you want to wear a small brand. Yeah. Look a little understated. Do you, um, and, and then also, like, do you aspire to be known as, a, like, as a clothing brand necessarily? Or can you see yourself being more like a Red Bull, which, you know, was an, because I see iLab as more like a Red Bull sort of company where it's, you know, your bread and butter is the, for them, it's the drink. But you look at the, like everything they do, like the the old mate jump from the stratosphere the other year. They have all these projects, and I kind of see I love more in line with that. Is that where you'd like to take it, or where, of course everyone kind of wants to be a bit of a rebel, but yeah, is that how you you feel like it's going? Like with the experience? Yeah, for sure, and um, and that was, I mean, we. That was what I lab started as, you know, we used to go to um, the races and uh, the motocross Grand Prix and have a marquee with a mini ramp in it and sounds playing and yeah. like just try and create an experience. Yeah. And it just happened that we sold t-shirts and things at the time, you know, yeah. to kind of express yourself. So, um, yeah, it's good to be, I suppose, getting back to that. And to be completely honest, um, the last three years since my return has largely been back in focus. So like R and D product building um, team, you know, we have some um, amazing investors now around us helping empower us to, to go global and the real exciting chapter of the brand has yet to begin. So um, that, yeah. that big focus for me is moving across into the brand wing now that I know we have the product to back that up. Um, and yeah, that's experience led and I, I kind of, yeah, I see the the product as something to express yourself or connect yourself to the brand, but the the real piece is kind of the experience led area. So, do you think there'll ever be a time when you sit back, like finish, whatever, and you're like, this is where I expected it to be, or do you think you'll always be chasing that <laughs> that next thing? I guess it's a bit of a hard question as well, but yeah, is there like a clear vision in your head, or do you feel like there's always going to be that little bit more? Uh, I guess they, well, they say, yeah, entrepreneurs are always searching for the next next yeah. thing and kind of chasing that next adrenaline. And I definitely have had to remind myself that lately at times when it has been incredibly stressful and I kind of keep saying to myself, well, if I wasn't doing this and I was sort of just sitting in a, a whiskey den somewhere, <laughs> I mean, you know, would I actually be you know that excited or would i just be bored you know like this is kind of the adrenaline and the journey that i've wished for so um yeah i mean but i i i mean in the back of my head i i have some idea of what i'd love it to look like at at global scale Mm. um but i think the measures of that for me are definitely not financial they are you know got personal goals of the amounts of people i want to help you know learn to ride a bike or athletes compete globally or just like fueling people to do cool stuff well that's kind of partly where the name for this podcast came around because we're always talking turkey 
Like, because you're always having a drink. I actually got a message on my birthday from Couscous, and he was like, because there was a picture that me and you together, and he was like, have a drink a couple of turkeys we've seen you known for the tur- turkeys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's actually partly where the name came from, Talking Turkey, was like hanging out with you a bit and just. I thought it was inspired turkey. by that. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah no, we, uh, we definitely had a few turkeys in our time, um, Talking Turkey, and, and yeah, having a couple of turkeys, and yeah, no, it's. Um, Oh, it's just so. I mean, and that's the thing. It's just a, for me. It's like experiences, right? Like, um, because the and that's not always about um expensive experiences, right? Like you just ride your bike these days yeah. into the hills, and you're like, that was just priceless. You know, yeah. like the feeling of that is just so um, liberating, and yeah, it's just it's awesome. But like Dipton yesterday, for example. Oh, totally. I mean, it was like you get a few bushes on your arms now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ended up chasing you up actually. A couple of the advanced uh, paths that seemed damn near impossible to get a dirt bike to the top of. But, yeah, a few um, fences got flipped over. Yeah, perfect yeah. day out on the bike, really. Yeah, Bogs. yeah, yeah. I didn't anticipate to do a flip over a fence, but yeah, it was good fun, good <laughs> test. I kind of uh, and and you actually said a really cool point between those two laps is that you know it wouldn't. We, what would we be talking about if we didn't try and ride through that giant mud bog or up that crazy yeah. hill you know it'd be boring so like they're the bits that make the whole the, the, almost like the hardest the shittest parts of the yeah the ride of the at the time you're, you're not necessarily always thinking yeah. that when you're um, stuck underneath sweating. the 350 <laughs> <laughs> like no breath and but yeah it's so fun you know and um and i i mean queenstown as an example is just like a hub of experiences you know and, yeah. and it's cool seeing people um do life-changing type you know things i guess a lot of the time eh? yeah and then i don't really know how to wrap this up too much but like just for you what has been like the biggest drive to get through this like who's helped you i guess the most yourself to get to where you are um yeah it's a really good question i guess the but i've been my parents for sure have been a incredible supporters for me through through a lot of this um and they they really just taught me resilience you know and and hard work ethic and i think um that's something i i don't always see in the in the newer age um and you often also don't see um people being grateful for what they have you know And, and i I was incredibly lucky growing up to do a sport like motocross, which costs a lot of money to do. But, you know, my I worked on the boat every school holidays and every moment I could, you mm. know, helping mum and dad with things. And I had a little wee, you know, black book that we kept my hours and, you know, and they <laughs> yeah. said, well, we'll go harms in your first bike, you know, but you've yeah. got to work your ass off to save up, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just sort of mis- miscalculate that these days and just expect that they should have something. And, social media is a blessing and a curse you know and that that world where it just creates this enormous perception to everyone that everyone has everything and they're all happy and all these things but um fails often to yeah i mean the pros of it is that you keep people connected it's really cool you can you know learn and all sorts of cool stuff but equally the downside is that yeah um people aren't always 
and they feel a bit entitled, I think, because they see what everyone else has. Yeah, and people aren't always able to articulate um, the real hard work behind it. And a classic case is like, I actually would love to share way more of my journey on social, but I'm so busy most of the time. I don't actually even get time yeah. you know, to do it. So the busy people are too busy to actually tell you how hard it is. Yeah. And and the people who perhaps sometimes have more time on their hands are painting a picture yeah. that isn't necessarily... You're always on the clock. I think when I always feel quite bad when we end up starting talking about about lab stuff oh. all like but it's always on yeah i mean i i, I, I love rest. it but um yeah i mean so yeah to, to answer your question for sure my parents um and and i guess just um uh amazing other i mean there's too many people to probably list in terms of like who yeah yes yeah, been and gone yeah. um over the chapters anyone. but um for sure your friends too i mean um just to yeah, people around you who believe in you and and who support you and back you and things like that and um and then i guess equally milestones too right because if you can set goals yourself and then hit them or or um you know get close to them but your goals were massive you yeah. know then you kind of you you build more confidence and more um, resilience and more experience you yeah. know and for me um that that comes with time you can't fast trick things you can't just suddenly be a guru at all these things yeah but years and years under your belt you you gain it and you learn more you know yeah so yeah i mean it's just uh and been an incredible ride so far and i kind of um in a lot of ways feel like the the real chapter is just starting so yeah hell yeah i've actually i think i've talked to you about this in the past but um listen to the gypsy tales podcast he always wants to do a big ride around new zealand and he comes over yeah i reckon that lab and gypsy tales should we should do a mountain bike dirt bike extravaganza for sure townley you i'm gonna try and take i'm gonna tag along because i'm coming up with the idea now yeah no no totally <laughs> um gypsy gypsy was uh yeah in the lab partying at the same same party we were yeah. talking about after supercross and yeah, we keep in touch briefly, uh, and yeah, he's a super rad cat too, and obviously Townley um, is a man too. So it's yeah, I think that's great a idea. Perfect company. Yeah, no, Town we need a we need to get those crew over here. I mean, it's basically just been on ice, hasn't it? Really, well, well, yeah, COVID, COVID's I guess, been here, but yeah. um, it's only a very small jump across the ditch. So um, we should we we need to get in touch and uh, yeah, get that plan for next summer. Yeah, for and sure. that will be an epic video. Oh, I reckon. Yeah that would be um yeah so much fun and and i that's it that yeah that's something i'm personally want to work towards is, is actually just trying to find the time to to do more experiences yeah. you know because you just it just keeps you keeps you living you i'm know? stoked to get you back on the bike yourself oh thank you it was um yeah it was honestly i was just buzzing uh the whole night last night just just being like what a cool day you know and, yeah. and sometimes it's just sitting around in the pits talking turkey you know yeah. like just having fun and it's just all these different Definitely little digs. touch points, yeah, <laughs> touch points and moments of, um, you know, just with buddies that, yeah, and you, you kind of just forget about the daily stresses, right? Like, you just get, yeah. you get into the cool moment of, like, with buddies just going, this is freaking, oh, I mean, you call yeah. it, uh, what, defragging and switching off and, like, uh, uh yeah, um, defrag, um, no, what do I call no, it? You were, um, um de- decompressing. Decompressing, yeah. yeah. Decompressing is a good, good Got terminology to. for sure. And that's, um, I mean, uh, I guess I've been learning that too in these latter years is around 
almost taking a high performance program to business right and then trying to find like the rest days and the, the where you go hard and the sprints and that sort of stuff yeah. so um yeah to, to your earlier question around you know similarities from racing uh, it, i do genuinely feel like i'm back at a high performance phase of my career Sick. um but in in the form of business and versus racing but um but you know i've got the experience in there I know the pace and I know the bits that I need to work on and the bits that we can, you know, be good at. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. For anyone that wants to, that doesn't know too much about what we're talking, what's the best way for them to keep up with iLabs and what you're up to through website, Instagram, or do you um, have a YouTuber? Yeah, uh, yeah, we just fire the YouTube on? channel back up, which oh, is cool. Sick. So that's getting like that. a lot of stuff yeah. put back into it. Um, heaps of heaps of films in the works, but yeah, primarily I guess social media. Um, is we're a big kind of uh, voices but um, definitely we're about to uh, do a massive overhaul of our kind of email and, and kind of community bases and stuff like that yeah. and um, we're going to work yeah be working uh, a lot harder to kind of um, yeah communicate in different ways to different people because not everyone wants to see the same thing so it'll yeah. be cool to uh, jump on that as well because that's going to be a pretty cool stream of like yeah. communication so that's just at iLab on the Instagram uh, but then it's like at iLab North uh, yeah so uh, iLab Canadian is stuff. kind of the global platform at iLab North is um, yeah all of the North American side and then uh, iLab World is actually all crowd so that's all just fans um, oh, doing sick. cool stuff yep uh, and then uh, I Love Woman's actually um, getting more and more powerful now with a, a bunch of amazing ladies getting behind that as well. So yeah. there's quite a few pl- different platforms, but um, we, yeah, we kind of don't believe, you know, it's all, all one for everyone. So. And then, so I've been asked as well, what is, what does, where does the name I Love come from? Can this be disclosed? Uh, <laughs> is this top secret and everyone has to guess? It's, yeah, I think it's best left as a guess, but um, I guess uh, it's well, we it it was it was it a bit of an abbreviation for some stuff, but I'll leave you to guess that. Um, but my thoughts towards it is that it would be really cool that we are strong enough at some point in the world that it's a bit more like a dictionary where it becomes yeah. a real word <laughs> yeah and next to that is a definition of what that word means yeah um and f- for for me and and the team you know that new new sort of in, new and improved definition definition is um very much you know a, a meaning of of power and identity that is there to inspire others to um, learn how to let go and, yeah. and when you know how to let go of um, the things that are holding you back in life then then you can start to understand how you can live a world without barriers and yeah. um, if that can become a definition in a dictionary somewhere then <laughs> yeah. that would be pretty cool nice and the, I guess and then to that because I always thought it used to be called quality yeah. when I first saw the I thought it was quality that's amazing which, that you say that and then but that's because it's upside down as well so why is it upside down uh well that i can tell loosely part of the story for that so it didn't begin upside down as i mentioned um it happened over time and it's we're actually thinking about doing a wee piece on this like journey of how it got upside down 
and it actually all started with the website because it was cool to re- uh, advertise your website back in the day, like yeah. com. And we flipped the website, uh, um, and then we also got a bunch of tags made with this little secret message on the inside, but the iLab logo was the wrong way up. And we were <laughs> like, oh, we'll run with it anyway because we couldn't afford to remake the tags. <laughs> and so it was kind of this combination of like by accident slash we had flipped a few things and then we sign wrote the van with this like this giant website upside down on the side of yeah. it and people were just like what always the what the heck you know and so we one day we were just like you know what we're just committing and so we trademarked it upside down which got bounced initially because they're like oh there's a mistake and we're like no no it's meant to be upside down <laughs> um but yeah it was it was just like a progressional thing in those first few years um but in these latter years we've really really uh started to believe that you know the the power of it actually being the right way to the wearer and the wrong way to everyone else yeah. is actually just a, like a massive reminder to you that it's about your life and about the journey you're creating and not everyone else so, so um but yeah there's all kinds of um stories as to why it's upside down and all kinds of pronunciations of it yeah because, i was quality yeah, for age until and then when somebody told me it was i love i pretended that i knew that the whole time <laughs> I, I just, that's awesome that you pronounced it quietly in the first place um but yeah it's it's been been cool to create i suppose a bit of mystery as well yeah. um i remember we were at x games in texas and people were asking and we were telling jokes like wow well, man it's all the bottom of the world you know it's all upside down over there <laughs> if you had tough blocks at a supercross i'd be like flipping them like the tough blocks oh, are all upside down for sure <laughs> yeah yeah it's a big job honestly trying to manage um the application of it to stay upside down because yeah. yeah, you get Yet um, the odd shot being like, yeah, we put the sign up and it's the right way up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, capsize it. Yeah, oh, and then, is that where capsize came from? That that like was the definition of it. Yeah. So yeah. we just literally named that logo set capsize, and um, because we joked about you know ship 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 upside down, um, and so yeah, the 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 logo, main logo T is called the capsize T, and then yeah, a lot of people know it as. It would be uh, ironic if you had a boat, an I love boat. That's next, I boat yeah and actually we I probably barge. should put the logo the right yeah. way on the boat yeah <laughs> just well, uh, for the day that it the... capsizes it'll it'll all come together yeah yeah now we do do need to look into the an eye boat um rod's obviously pushing the pushing the envelope on yeah. the on the on the um yeah wake surfing and he's going a whole yeah another level to uh yeah e and all sorts of cool stuff so yeah there's some cool stuff in the works there wicked maybe that's the eye boat you know you never know We've got an eye truck now with the uh, Defender um, as the mascot, which is cool. So that's that's killer and uh, the eye lodge and yeah, there's a there's just um, oh, sky's the limit really. Yeah, no, I'm excited to um, be able to witness it. I'm stoked. We've got I uh, finally got this done. So I'll just cheers for um, cheers for joining in the busy schedule. Oh, no, thank you for, uh, yeah, persevering to pin me down to, to get, get together and um, do it because I know, um, yeah, it's been, been a long time coming, but so pumped to obviously get the opportunity to catch up and, uh, yeah, tell a bit of the story. We're good. Uh, the next next chapter is uh, everyone else's to help, right? So. Yeah, and now we're off to Wilbur to finish off this ladies' weekend. Yeah, it should be fun. We'll, uh, we'll round it up. Thanks so much. No, cheers for that.